Father God, we're so excited about what you've done in our lives and what you've done in the, these people's lives, these friends of mine who all summer have been all over the world, and we're just asking for more. We don't want to just come back to school and do life as usual, but we're asking for more insight into what you're doing. And even right now, Lord, we want you to teach us. Would you open up our hearts and our minds? Would you open up our eyes to see things that we've never seen before? And that this semester, fall 2019, would be a semester that rocks the world, that changes things that happen on this campus. And that this, from this campus, there will be people who are, are going all over the world telling people about the great news of what you did, Lord Jesus. And we just want to know you more. Would you help us to know you more today, know more about what you want to do in us and through us? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, last week, we got back from Japan, and I just talked for a few minutes because we had so many testimonies from Africa and Japan. But if you guys remember, I asked you guys to say four things. So this is review from last week. I want you guys to um, say those things again. God has a plan. God has a plan. His, method His method is me. It might not be easy, but it's worth it. Okay. If you guys thought you were coming to something that was easy, then you came to the wrong place. We're signing you up for world-changing ministry here. Now, I want to give you guys some perspective. Uh, every year we get back from Japan about this time. Four years ago, we were coming back from Japan, and we found that it was $100 cheaper to go through Hawaii than to come straight. So I said, okay, great, we'll do it, but we, don't, we, can only, we only have time to stay one night in the travel agency was saying, no, you got to stay four nights. So we stayed in Hawaii four nights. Sorry, guys. But we saved $100 by doing it. So uh, we're in the airport coming back. And of course, every year we're coming back from Japan dead tired. And uh, do you have that picture of us in the airport? It's not a great picture. It's not all that exciting. But there's something about it that I want you to see. Okay. If you guys like traveling, you guys need to do traveling with Ian. Um, so here's, here we are in... The, in the airport in Honolulu, and if you guys have been with me in Japan, who's been with me to Japan? Okay, great. If you've been with me to Japan, what's, we say, we learn a lot of phrases. And the most common phrase of all is, where's Ian? Which is not too bad now that he's a little bit older, but when he was um, he's about seven years old here, and so one day, this day that we're getting ready to get on the plane, we're like, where is Ian? Same thing we're always saying in, in this exact spot. Well, he's great at making friends. So he's, it turns out that as we're looking everywhere for him, he's over here in these massage chairs. <laughs> and he, suddenly he comes running up and says, Dad, there's a guy over there who's a professor at the University of Hawaii, and he's on his way to California to get a new tattoo, but he doesn't have enough money for a massage. <laughs> I was like, so? He's like, Dad, we need to give him some, he's, what is it, $2 and two, three bucks for a massage. I'm like, buddy, I'm not giving the guy you money to pay for this guy's massage. If anybody needs a massage, it's not him. <laughs> and Ian says, Dad. Dad, what are we here for? <laughs> and I'm thinking, I am not here to give the dude going to California to get a new tattoo a massage. He said, Dad, think about what we're here for. I mean, he must have said this five times. I'm like, buddy, 
we're not here to give the guy a massage. Finally, I think I gave him two bucks, and Ian paid one dollar with his own money. The guy got a massage. Ian didn't understand what we were doing there. But he got his way because he asked me a bunch of times. So that's become a theme in our, in our family. Dad, what are we here for? And I want it to be a theme among the students at the Cornerstone. Guys, what are we here for? Because if you misunderstand and think that your job in this world and your job at UTA this semester is simply to get a guy a massage or simply to get somebody a, a little bit of coffee or simply to have a great time, you're going to miss what we're trying to do. Do you guys understand? So what we're doing tonight is we're taking a little bit of a detour from the book of Acts study that we're doing, and I just want to remind you guys of what we're doing here. And I want to, I want to do that by starting by reminding you guys of God's plan. Because this is, this, what we're living on is a little bit of this gigantic puzzle, this gigantic painting, this gigantic history that God is writing in this universe. And so if you guys back way, way, way up, there was a time when there wasn't anything at all, and God speaks into existence the galaxies. Psalm 33, 6 says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Galaxies, stars, and planets, and everything in this creation that God spoke in existence was directed by his omnipotent hand and his sovereign will. Everything from Adam's to archangels, everything according to his will. But as part of his sovereign plan, there's one part of this gigantic creation, this one little part of his creation where he says we're going we're gonna to do an experiment. And rather than sovereignly controlling every detail of what happens there, I'm going to withdraw my absolute control and make creatures who have their own will, who can write their own story, who can decide for themselves how that little planet is going to turn out. And he does it. And he gives humankind free will. He gives us the freedom to choose his way or our way. And what do we do? We all participated in a rebellion against him, ignoring him, giving in to what we wanted rather than what he wanted. Yeah, the devil was a part of this. The devil had previously chosen his way and brought, brought angels with him. But we rebelled against him. And understand in God's decree that the decision that we as humanity made to reject him wasn't something that God just came in and said, ah, just kidding. And had veto power over what we decided. No, he upheld the decision that he'd made to allow us to go our own way if we chose. See, Psalm 115, verse 16 says, the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth, this little planet, he has given to humanity. He gives this planet to humanity, and humanity, in our rebellion against him, what do we do? 
We rebel against him. And instead of being able to hang on to the rulership of this planet ourselves, what do we do? We hand it over to the devil. And the devil takes the right to rule this planet when we rebel against God. That's what happened. And it looked like all was hopeless. It looked like all was lost. But God had a bigger plan. And God's plan was that, human, that humanity would still rule. And it, humans had been the one to mess up the thing. So it had to be humans who fixed it. And yet there was no way for humanity to fix what we had done. You could take that picture off. That doesn't have anything to do with what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, so humans had messed up this world, had rebelled against God, had to be humanity that fixed it, but, but none of us could fix it. And so God, in his sovereignty, in his amazing power, he enters in to the human race as a human. God becomes human. That human is Jesus. He does that because it had to be humans who fixed the problem that they'd, that they'd messed up. The, the fixer, the redeemer, had to be human. And so he becomes human, is born as a real baby, grows up so that he could pay with his blood on the cross the right to buy back this planet for himself. That's what Jesus did. Not only did Jesus save you of your sins so you don't have to go to hell, what Jesus did is he bought this planet back with his blood. He paid for you with his blood. He paid for this for the right to rule this planet with his blood. That's why if you guys are taking notes, which you should be, in, in Revelation 5, there's this scroll, this title deed to planet Earth that is handed to Jesus and he has the right to rule because he paid for it himself. So that's where, that's where we are in the scheme of things. The story's not over. Because what Jesus does is instead of coming in and forcing everybody at that point to follow him as the king, the one who now rules the planet, instead he just gives an, in, he gives an invitation. Anybody who wants to follow me can. Anybody who doesn't want to doesn't have to. But Jesus gives us the responsibility of carrying out the ministry that he started. See, when Jesus was here, the Holy Spirit, the power of God, dwelt in one person. But he says, if I leave, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all of you. And you're going to continue the ministry that I started. So he steps off this planet with a plan, with a promise that he's coming back when we do our part. He steps off and he says, I'm leaving, but anything that you need to accomplish my purpose of setting up this kingdom, I will give you. And so what he does is he gives, he establishes what we call the church. He establishes the church, and we call that the body of Christ on earth. Because the body of Christ is the replacement for his physical body. You, if you know Jesus, and if, then you are part of that body. You're part of that church. That means that you're expected by him to do the things that he did when he was here. He promised that that's what would happen. And so it started with this little group, 12 people, expanded to 70, expanded to 120, expanded to 3,000, 5,000, and now there's about one-third of the world's population that at least claims that he's their king. But we're not done yet. We're getting done. And the, the, let me just tell you what's, what's coming. Habakkuk 2.14 says this, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. 
Let me just say that one more time. Habakkuk 2.14. And the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Think of how the waters cover the sea. All over the world, everybody will know that Jesus is king and what we're told in Philippians 2, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's coming. That's where we're at. But it, he doesn't force it. Instead, he gives us the responsibility to build his kingdom. So let me tell you how we're doing it. Okay. Here at the Cornerstone, we, we're, we've got five things that we say are our purpose. This is part of, this didn't, we didn't come up with this ourselves. Jesus came up with it. But if you want, we're kind of following the pattern of uh, a book called uh, The Purpose Driven Church and The Purpose Driven Life, two different books, okay? And we get these five purposes that I want you guys to understand tonight. And this is something that, I, that we talk about in leadership training, but I want everybody to get it because I want you guys to, to not be confused like Ian was, thinking that we're just here to give people massages, but that you'll understand what your part is in this thing that God's doing, this incredible movement of God that we get to be a part of. So... I want you guys to write down these five purposes. And I've got a little piece of paper here so you can jot them down on this front part. The, the yellow part, those two purposes come from what we call the great commandment. And the three beige, I don't know, what color is that below? Three kind of light green, those come from the great commission. So first thing we want to look at is the great commandment. If you can throw that up here, uh, Skyder, great commandment, um, that's Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. what is the great commandment? Well, let me just give you some background. Remember somebody comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, what's the, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus answers saying, that's right, love God, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, right? What's the greatest commandment, guys? Love God. Okay? Love God. Okay. Actually, I should write, I should write some of this down. I wish I had a bigger whiteboard. If anybody can figure out how to get a bigger whiteboard, that'd be great. Um, so... Love God. What's the, what's the churchy word that we use for loving God? Anything that you do out of love, that's motivated by love for God is worship. worship, okay? So worship. So one of the things that we're doing here at the Cornerstone is, we, and we put this at the top because it's the most important thing. Jesus said the most important thing that we're supposed to do is love God. In fact, everything else that we're talking about falls under this, okay? So I, what, what is worship, a lifestyle. That's right. I mean, we just talked about the worship band that was up here, right? How many of you guys love worship music? I mean, we love worship music, but we don't get confused thinking that worship is music. In fact, there's a lot of what is called worship music that might not necessarily be all that worshipful. Okay? So what is worship? You raise your hand. What's worship? Given what we have. What do you, what do you have? Yourself. That's right. And what's the, what's the scripture that goes... That, Thank you. You must have been through leadership training. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Guys, did you hear what Amanda Chan just said? She said, worship is giving what you have. I said, what is, what is it that you have? She said, ourselves. And that comes from Romans 12, 1 and 2, which says, brothers, in view of what God has done, let's offer these bodies as living sacrifices. This is your spiritual act of worship. You guys want to know what worship is? Look at Romans 12. Romans 12.1, worship is saying, here is my life. My life, this body is for you. The purpose of these hands, these feet, this mind, my mouth, 
my eyes, my ears. The purpose, the reason you've been given that is for his glory. That's worship. That's what worship is. And if you, do, if you try to give yourself to him for any other reason than that you love him, things are going to get messed up. So here's the question. Do you love him? Do you love him? You don't have to raise your hand. But there's so many people that say, I mean, if you're like, if you're like me, you say, yeah, but I want to love you more, God. Because none of us has perfect love. In fact, there's so many times that I've asked people, do you love Jesus? And instead of saying, yeah, they look disappointed. Because they, rather than rejoicing in that love, they feel condemned that they don't love him the way they should. And some of you guys are there tonight. As I said, you love Jesus and you're thinking, not like I'm supposed to. Let me tell you, he loves you. And so your, your invitation tonight is to say, God, would you teach me to love you? Where does love come from? Where does love come from? God. Love comes from God. Isn't that what, where does it say that? First John 4. Love comes from God. If love comes from God and you don't love God the way that you know that you should, then what do you do? You ask. God, I can't love you in my own strength. I know I'm supposed to love you, but my love for you isn't perfect. Would you teach me to love you? And I guarantee you, God's not going to say, get out of here. You figure that out on your own. He gives to those who ask. Okay, so loving God, the word that we use for this is worship. I want to ask you guys, what is it that we're, we're, there's two more columns on here, right? One says community, one says personal. Josie made this card for me. Thank you, Josie. Uh, this, in the community column, what I want you guys to write is what are we doing at the cornerstone or what are we going to do this semester that is a representation of our worship to God, our love for God? Just, just name some things. This is kind of discussion tonight. Okay? What are some things that we're doing that, that express, that give us the opportunity to express as a community our love for God? Say it again. Friday lunch. Okay, Friday lunch. Friday lunch. Okay, what else? Coffee shop. Big howdy. Okay, these are all things that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Well, think, think about, yeah, here's what it is, guys. Everything we're doing here is ultimately worship. If there's anything that we're doing here that doesn't come out of our love for him, then let's stop doing it. And if you see anybody hanging out here and forcing their agenda, and it's not motivated by love for God, then let's shut it down. Let's shut it down nice. Let's be nice. But let's be motivated. Let's, let's let this place reverberate with love for God. All the music we play, all the conversations we have, all the movies we watch, all the time we spend on stuff, every video game, every conversation, everything motivated by love for him. That's what we're going for. Okay, so here in the, in the personal column there, that last column there, I just want to ask you guys to think about, ask this question for yourself. You don't have to speak this out loud. But what will you do this semester to increase your personal worship? Do you have a plan? If you don't have a plan, it's not going to happen. I mean, loving God doesn't just happen. And you, th you say, well, I thought you just said a minute ago that, there's, that it comes from God. Well, okay. Anything that you get good at comes through purposeful, deliberate 
practice. So what's your plan? Do you have a plan to learn to love God more this semester? Maybe it's just asking. Maybe, it's, maybe you write that prayer on, on, a, on a note and stick it on your door so you pray it every, every day when you go out, out. God, would you teach me to love you more than anything else? Maybe that's your plan. Okay, I'm asking you guys. Some of you guys aren't writing. Some of you guys don't even have the paper because, you know, if I don't know why I don't have paper. Get the paper and, um, and let's, let's do this together, okay? Um, we're, we're here to learn. We're here to practice this, okay? Okay, so, so worship and uh, I lost my pen. Worship. Second, second thing from the great commandment, got, they asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment? Uh, he says, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength. And the second is like it to do what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, what's the, what's the churchy word that we use for anything that you do out of love for people we call? Not, not, what is it? Yeah, service or ministry. Okay, you guys can say service, ministry. Ministry. Okay. So, Let me ask you guys this. What are, what are we doing? Some of you guys already mentioned some of these things, but what are we doing this semester out of love for people on a, on a corporate level? Awakening prayer. We're praying. Of course, that, that's worship too. What else? I mean, you guys already mentioned it. Tomorrow we're doing burgers. We got burgers happening tomorrow. Why are we doing burgers tomorrow? We're doing, we're doing burgers because we, not just because we're hungry, not just because Matt's son didn't have any, any lunch all summer long. We're doing burgers because we, we're, we're genuinely wanting to feed people who are hungry. It's not just a matter of we're, tr- we're trying to get them saved. Sure, we want them to know Jesus. But we want, we want our Muslim friends, our Buddhist friends, our Hindu friends, our atheist friends, our homosexual friends to know that they can come here and be loved and serve the burger without having to feel like it's just a scheme to get them converted. Yeah, Dylan. Prayer walks. Okay, prayer walks. I mean, so if, you're, if your motivation... And prayer walking is love for people. That's ministry. Okay, what else? What's that? Big Howdy. I mean, tomorrow night, Big Howdy. We're going to have 1,000 people at our party. Is that cool or what? Lots and lots of people at the Big Howdy party tomorrow night. Why are we doing that? You know, the, the reason we're doing that is not, again, not simply to get them converted. We're doing that because we want them to know that they're loved. All the airport rides that we do, the Walmart rides, the tour that's coming up on Monday, which I hope all of you guys are going to be involved in. Guys, we're doing that because we, we want them to have a, we want our, our international student friends to have a great experience when they're here in America. We love them. Okay, those are two from Great, great Commandment. Okay, now Great Commission. You guys remember what the Great Commission is? Okay, what's the Great Commission? Where is that found? Let's flip over there. Matthew 28, what? 18, Matthew 28, 18, if you guys um, um, flip over there, we've got, oh, you're taking notes up here. Dude, you're awesome. I love it. Okay, Matthew 28, 18. Matthew 28, 18 says what? Okay, before that, there's something really important that Jesus says right before that. He's about, he's about to step off this planet, and he says, okay, guys, come here. I got something to tell you. Huddle time, because you're about to go all over the world. And he starts by saying, all authority. What, what are you guys laughing at? He says, all authority 
in heaven and earth has been given to me. Do you guys realize the significance of what he's saying? Remember what we just talked about, the history and the, 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 the place where Jesus was, that the, God had given the planet to humans, humans handed it to the devil, the devil lost it at the cross. Jesus proved that he had victory over the devil because he, was risen, he rose from the dead, and now he's stepping off the planet and he's saying, look, guys, here's the deal. I'm the new king. I'm the good king. All authority has been given to me, but I'm not forcing anybody to, to, do, to take my kingdom. But instead, I'm giving you guys the responsibility to do something. So what does he say? Go and make disciples. Okay, what's the fancy churchy word that we use for making disciples? Well, going and, yeah, it's, it's evangelism. We're, you know, we could, we could change these words around a little bit, but evangelism. Okay, guys, what is evangelism? Sharing the gospel. It's just what Jesus says here. Go and make disciples. What we're doing, when we're t- it's telling people this great news. The, Jesus is the king. There's freedom from the muck of the world and freedom from the penalty of sin and death because Jesus is the king. Let's tell people that. And I, in, our, in our lead team meeting just before our, our big meeting down here, as we were upstairs, we were just, I was just saying, guys, we're, we want to declare this as an anthem to the people across the street that what they're looking for is available for free. Come and get it. And it's not coffee and burgers and popsicles. It's Jesus. It's freedom in Jesus. This is great stuff. It's great stuff. So, guys, what we're doing this semester, we're going to love God. We're going to love people. But we're not just going to stop at loving people and and giving them rides to Walmart and giving them coffee. We're going to tell them the great news of what Jesus did for them. The problem is that we usually can't tell them until we serve them. And so many times Christians make the mistake of telling people about a great God before they act like they were sent by a great God. So let's act like we love them, and, but let's not stop there. Let's tell them in everything that we do. And I just want you guys to think right, right now, what are we doing at the Cornerstone in our community, in that, in that third column there, what are the things that we're doing that fulfill this purpose? What are we going to do this semester? What's that? Prayer walk? That's right. Prayer walk. I mean, a lot of these things are overlap, right? Prayer walk. And what else? Cornerstone devotional? Yeah, well, that's, I'm coming to that. That's in the last one. So now, that's right. We're doing that. What else? Small groups. We're going to do small groups. Guys, are small groups for, for the believers only? Guys, invite your unsafe friends to a small group. You don't have to try to convert them. Just invite them. You know, we've had so many people. Have any of you guys come to, come to know Jesus because you were invited to a small group? Anybody? Okay, maybe not, maybe not now, but we've had, we've had plenty of people come, and they got involved in a small group long before. I mean, Utah, where, Utah Kung, where are you? Okay, so, I mean, Utah Kun, Utah Kun came by being involved with you guys in a small group. I mean, so many people who have come to the Lord, they just came in, they liked the love, and they, they didn't necessarily understand all that was going on, but they surrendered to Jesus. So, great. Okay, what else? What else are we doing to help people know about the goodness of Jesus? Be a friend, Be a friend exactly. No, duh! Yeah! It's like, hey, friends share what's on their heart. You make a friend with somebody that doesn't know Jesus, well, you're going to end up talking about Jesus, and you don't have to force anything. There's so many 
people that you're going to make friends with if you want to. Okay, think about the people in your classes. They're, your classes are jam-packed with people who need to know Jesus. Okay, here, here's what I want to suggest to you guys. You guys got that, car, that little cornerstone card right here? Everybody got one of these on your seat. I gave you one. If you need more, we'll get you more. But here's an easy way to reach out to people. Yeah, you invite them to coffee. You just say, hey, come get a free coffee. But make a connection. Write your phone number on here. I gave, I gave one, a card to, the, to Sarah at Taco Cabana today. Because we had a good conversation about what God's doing and about the cornerstone. I thought she was going to be here. Sarah, are you here? No. Um, she said she was coming tonight. Uh, there's so many people who, are, who, are, who will come if you just invite them. Okay. Here, here's a question in this personal column. What are you going to do this semester to be a part of the Great Commission? Do you have a plan? If you don't have a plan, or if you don't want to do it, it's probably not going to happen. Now, I'm not asking you, as far as evangelism goes, to go knock on people's doors. You don't have to knock on the doors. You're sitting next to them. You work with them. You don't have to go hunt for people that, that don't know Jesus. They're all over the place, and they're all longing for a friend like you. So what's your plan? How are we going to do this? What should be our plan? Okay. So go... Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. And what does he say next? Baptizing them. Okay. So what does Jesus have in mind? If we're taking this and we're applying it to, to our lives individually, in our lives, our community, corporately, and Jesus says, baptize them, what do you think he's got in mind for us? Actually, baptize them. And, but what does he tell them to baptize them in? Okay, why doesn't he say baptize them in water? Go, go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in water. In, immerse them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. What's Jesus got in mind? Hey, guys, we got to be careful here because we, we, we miss what Jesus, we're thinking, okay, got to get them underwater. Dunk, dunk, dunk. That's fine. I baptized 33 people last month in the Philippines in, in the tribal group where I grew up. That was so exciting. But the goal is not just to get them under the water. What's the goal? To immerse them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? How do you how do you how do you immerse somebody in a name? Right? And today I came in here and who was it? Somebody had their name written across their forehead. That's not what we're talking about. Okay? What is what is what does Jesus have in mind? Teach them, you, we do teach them, but what is when we talk about the name of God, immersing people in the name of God, this is what I want you guys to, to understand, to learn. What Jesus is talking about is, is immersing them, submerging them in the identity of God. Submerging them in God. How do we submerge? I guess we do put them in water, but that's symbolic. What Jesus has in mind is that we submerge them in Jesus. We submerge them in God. And how do we do that? How do we, if you want somebody to be submerged in God, what are you going to do? You pray for them? You love them? You what? You hang out with them? This is fellowship. Okay, this, this is the word that I want you guys to catch here. It's a little bit of a roundabout way, but fellowship. Guys, fellowship. You know, there's lots of talk about what, what's fellowship. You know, it's, it's 
um, potlucks in the basement of a church or whatever. Guys, that's not fellowship. Fellowship is taking people and putting them in the body of Christ, the community of God. We work so hard at that here. We don't want to just have fun. We really believe that if somebody if somebody's life is going to be changed, it's only going to be changed by being surrounded, submerged in Holy Spirit community. That's why we got five discipleship houses. We got these houses because we're just convinced that people live together and pray together and study together and sometimes even argue together. That they're going to, that, that the Holy Spirit does his work through people. Guys, if you're living alone or if you're, if you're a believer who's living with all unbelievers, I don't know how you do this very well. But that's why we got the cornerstone. So much fellowship going on here. Guys, so what else are we doing as a community to, to make fellowship happen? We've got small groups. We've got discipleship houses. What else? We've got the merge. I'm here tonight. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to have the, the same intimate level of fellowship with 100 people. But merge the coffee shop. The coffee shop is, we hope the fellowship's happening. There's fellowship happening here all the time. Okay? Okay, well, last one. Um, Jesus says, go to all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them. Okay, what is, what is the churchy word that we use for teaching people how to follow Jesus? What's that? It's discipleship. Exactly. Discipleship. Okay, discipleship. You guys probably can't read that anyway. But. Okay, discipleship. What are we doing here at the Cornerstone? Well, let me just remind you what discipleship is. Once again, discipleship is teaching each other how to follow everything that Jesus commanded. Not some of the things. Discipleship is teaching people how to follow everything that Jesus commanded. Okay, so what are we doing here at the Cornerstone on a corporate level, on a community level, that's teaching people how to follow Jesus? Merge. That's right. I'm teaching the Bible every Thursday night. Guys, I'm, I'm not teaching the Bible because there's nothing better to do. Did I say that right? There's nothing better to do, I guess. I don't know what I, what I just said, but it's, there's nothing. Guys, I want you to know the Bible. You can't grow in Christ unless you know the Bible. I teach you the Bible because I expect you to learn it. But the best learning doesn't happen at the merge. The merge is like, like in class. You're supposed to read your textbook before you go to class, right? How many of you guys read the textbook before you go to class? You are excellent, man. You get an A+. Plus. Okay, guys. If we want to get something out of what, what's going on at the merge, I'm asking you to live in the Word of God. And we've got some new ways that we're doing this semester. Of course, we're going to continue our small groups, and we've got prayer meetings. But one of the things that we're adding this semester is we've got a uh, daily devotional that we've been working on. And, and so, so this, this is exciting, guys. I mean, I'm, I, as a pastor... I th I'm thinking all the time, what can I do to help our people grow in Christ, to be discipled? But you can't do it unless you spend time in the Word. You can't. You can't do it unless you spend time in the Word with the Holy Spirit. So how do we get people to spend time in the Word? They, everybody says, you know, the policy that I've set for years is, is no Bible, no breakfast. If you don't have time to spend time in the Bible, how do you get time to eat your breakfast? Because the Bible is a whole lot more important than breakfast. Everybody say, no Bible, no breakfast. Okay, the problem is, we haven't, we, even though everybody says that's a good idea, when I ask people if they're doing it, they say, well, sometimes. 
Here's what I want to ask you guys to do. This is what we're doing. Is we've got this daily devotional. It's about 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes a day that uh, we're working through the book of Luke. Uh, we're not done writing it yet, but it's going to be 365 days long. And the way it works is you're going to spend every day, 15 minutes a day, 10 minutes some days, maybe 18 minutes another day, but it doesn't take long. You can go through it. You can write the date. You're going to write the time, and then once a week, you're going to meet with a senpai. And the reason I'm using a Japanese word is because there's no equivalent word in English. Everybody say senpai. senpai. Okay, senpai. Senpai literally means sen, means in front, and hi comes from the, the idea of somebody's back. So it's the person that's, that you're looking at their back. They're one step in front of you. So this is not a mentor. This is somebody who's just, they're just one step ahead of you. So we've got our lead team, those who lead small groups, already working through this. And what I want to ask you guys, if you would like, of course, we're not forcing anybody to do this, but if you're serious about growing in Christ and you want to do that in community and you'd like somebody who's just one step ahead of you to, to meet with you, either individually or with a group each week, then would you do this? Would you text me? So can you put my phone number up there? My phone number is 817 817- 817- 8941. Is that big enough that you guys can see back there? 817-501-8941. And here's what I'd like you guys to do. Even, even if you guys are, are already going through it, you, you uh, leaders who have already started to go through it, would you either text me, yes, I want to do this, or if you feel like, yes, I want to do this, but I'm, I, I, I really like to lead some other people, and I feel like I can do that, um, then text me that too. So I'd, I'd love to to help to be a senpai to other people, okay? I'm excited about this. There's lots of people that are excited about this. And if you don't want to do it, you don't have to, but it will, it will really help you. All, I think all the, the, the students in our discipleship houses are going to be going through it. Okay. Five purposes of what we're trying to do here. Two from the Great Commandment, three from the Great Commission. Now, on the back side... This is what I'd like to ask you guys to do. And you don't, have to, you don't have to do this right now. I want to ask you to take this home. And would you be willing to do this? Would you fill out your schedule? I know some of you guys don't know because your job schedules change. But would you fill out approximately what your schedule is going to be this semester? The reason I'm asking you to do this is if you don't plan, your time just disappears. I'm asking you to consider where, where in the week are you going to spend your prioritized time? Are you going to spend time with Jesus every day? What time is that going to be? Are you going to, are you going to, are you going to commit to being a part of a small group? Are you going to commit to being a part of this worship service? Are you going to commit to doing any kind of ministry? Are you going to commit to doing any kind of evangelism? Because I'm asking you, would you fill this out? And then would you take a picture of it and send it to me? And you might think, it's not a, not a Steve's business what I'm doing. Yeah, you, if, if you don't want to send it to me, that's okay. I'm inviting you to do it. Because I'm, I'm trying to help you become a minister of the gospel of Jesus. This is exciting. And, uh, and if you've got other people that you want to send it to, that's, that's good also. If you're in, in one of the discipleship houses, please share it with your house leader also. But please do fill this out. Because that way, we've got kind of a plan. 
I'm on your team. I'm not working against you. You're not going to be graded on this. I just want to know what, what you expect your time is going to go to. So if you guys trust me enough, would you, would you fill that out, take a picture of it, and send it to me? And then I'd like you to take this card and keep it. You know, stick it in your Bible, stick it on your bookshelf, something where you can keep it, and you can use it to go back to remind yourself, the front side, remind yourself of what we're trying to accomplish in answer to Ian's question, Dad, what are we trying to do here? And on the back side, really, really challenging yourself to see if you're following through with the things that you said you were going to spend your time doing. Now, let me just say one more thing. Jesus' people should be the people that have the most fun of all. I'm not, I'm not, we're not trying to police your happy time. I want to, I want to convince you guys of that. Following Jesus should be the greatest adventure. And it should be fun. And you guys should laugh a lot. So this is not trying to mess up your lives. I'm just asking you guys to be accountable. So let's stand up and let's pray. And then we've got, right after this, we have prayer upstairs or is it in that room? Okay, prayer in that room. If you guys um, have something you need um, specific prayer for, we've got a prayer team meeting in that room. You guys can go in there. And guys, I'm sorry that it's so hot. The reason we, um, our, our AC doesn't work really well. It's summertime. Just bear with us. The pain is worth the gain. It's worth it. And um, it will get cooler as the semester goes on. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the good things that you're doing in our hearts. Would you just keep on working in each one of us that not one person here would walk away from what you have planned for them this semester. And so, Lord, here we are, just like Amanda said, we're offering ourselves to you. These lives of ours, these bodies of ours, would you teach us how to follow you, that we'd know you more, and that we'd give to you, and because we're giving to you and you're loving us, that we'd serve other people, and that we tell other people, and that we submerge ourselves in community, and that we grow, that this community people would grow more this semester than we ever have before, and that you change the world because of it. Thank you for my friends here. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, we're dismissed.